Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Like, I don't know what the deal is with customs and getting Angela through customs to get back to the UK. We're going to find out Newcastle Airport soon enough. <laughs> From Air Scotland, weighing in at 265 pounds, Drew McIntyre! A crazed look in the eyes of Drew McIntyre says it all. Claymore! Oh, we got him! Drew McIntyre has taken back! The WWE title. Drew, how are you doing today? Absolutely marvelous. I am sitting in Nashville, Tennessee. It is very, very sunny. And in two weeks, I get to come back home. Finally. How exciting. It's been 18 months. 18 months. Is that how long it's been since you were back home? 18 months? Yeah. You know, the worst thing about it is I was back home 18 months ago. Uh, I got to get across a couple of places. I did my work appearances in London. I made it to Scotland. I was filming a commercial, an advert for BT uh, Sport. And then um, I was supposed to see my family, my friends. Everybody was going to meet up with me later that day. But I got a little phone call in the morning informing me I had to get pulled out just because of the COVID situation and how serious it was becoming. So I didn't see anybody. So even though I was home 18 months ago, I didn't see anybody. So I've not seen my family for over 18 months. So I'm going to get to see my family, see my friends, and get to uh, participate all across the UK for WWE. See, I seem to remember that, that I was I was planning to come up to see you that day. Or planning to come and see that. Because I'd booked, and, and we wouldn't have the same message saying, unfortunately, Drew McIntyre has got to head back. And that was when we went, oh, maybe, maybe this thing's... A little worse than we thought it was. And then and then the world yeah. caught fire, Drew. And, and here we are now. <laughs> it did. It did. But thankfully, you know, things are coming back down, getting back to normal. Hopefully, people have been able to find the positives during the negative time. Um, and thank goodness we're able to start traveling again. I'm so excited to be getting back home. And I'm so excited the first big tour is to the UK. I'm so excited that I get to go home during the tour. I was not excited to see that it was a SmackDown tour. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, we have a UK tour. That is so cool. Wait, I'm on Raw. <laughs> I'm Smackdown on the wrong tour. show. <laughs> I'm going to have to go politely threaten people to make sure I'm on that thing. I'm politely threatening I did, and I'm on the show. <laughs> so you're coming to see us in Newcastle a week on Sunday, which is a stone's throw away from home for yourself. Do you have any memories of, of, of working and, and partying in Newcastle? It's a bit of a party place, is Newcastle? Yeah, tons, absolutely tons. Um, that's one of the first places I started wrestling on a regular basis. I started training when I was 15 years old in Portsmouth, uh, which was a 12-hour journey from Air Scotland. And I started wrestling professionally at 16 and doing shows. And since I was 16, 
Newcastle was one of the regular places I would travel to. Of course, back then, you know, the UK scene wasn't exactly thriving. We were kind of getting it started again. So I think there was like a farmer and a dog that would come watch us during the shows. But <laughs> I used to have some great times there. And yeah, like you say, the, the bars, the pubs, the locals. So we had some good times uh, growing up there. And it was so cool when I got signed at 21, went to America for eight years, got fired that one time from WWE, was wrestling and back around the UK again to see how far the scene had come. And I got to wrestle in Newcastle a bunch of times. And it was just wild to see sold out crowds there after just how little people we used to get back in the day to see the UK scene thriving. It's so cool. When you went back, so so Drew McIntyre, age 16, is discovering Newcastle and, and and finding out some of the local haunts. And then you you get signed. That unfortunate firing happens and you end up coming back what's the first port of call you made outside of the wrestling show? Like an old haunt that you might have wanted to revisit in Newcastle? Just everywhere. Like, I, I don't know if I can name any specific places. I just remember having some of the best times there. Like, just the locals um, are just mad, like uh, Scottish people. And the best thing is the accent's harder to understand. In the Scottish accent. So, like, whenever there's a Geordie in America or whatever and somebody's having a little... No, maybe not as much my accent these days because I've got, like, a half-American twang to it. But uh, when I was younger and I still had thick, thick Scottish accent, if I ever had, like, a Geordie around, like, when... Um, you know, Neville Pack first came over, and I was like, ah, oh, this is the best. Because I'm just going to stand with him and talk, and anytime anyone has a, like, trouble understanding me, look, listen to him for a second. You'll think I'm the most well-spoken man in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but you you mentioned about um about Newcastle being that port of call on your first when you're first stepping out onto the road um that journey that you used to take from from, from Scotland down to Portsmouth the 15 hour journey uh, what what kept you focused during those those long because because this is when there wasn't as much wrestling wrestling training around so you had to go that far to find somewhere that was that was going to cater to you but what kept you focused on those long journeys back and forth. I was just so obsessed, like blindly obsessed with my dream of making it to WWE. And I'd been wanting to get to WWE since I was six years old, as I talk about in my new book, A Chosen Destiny, it's still available in all good shops. Um, but yeah, as far as I was concerned, in my mind, I was nine years behind because I'd been wanting to do this my whole life. I'd never deviate from the plan of I want to be in WWE. Everyone told me I was crazy. That was an American thing. I'd send away for the backstage secrets books when I was like 10, 11 years old, explaining me the inner workings of wrestling and just like harassing my mom. Can I please go to wrestling school since I was about 12 years old? No, Drew, you're too young. 13, no, Drew, you're too young. And finally at 15, I got her on the phone with the trainer in Portsmouth of one of the two wrestling schools that existed in the UK at the time. And um, yeah, she finally agreed as long as I called her every hour on my mobile phone, one of the basic ones back in the day, uh, went with one of my friends. And um, from that first trip, I loved it every second of it. Knew it was what I always wanted to do, but it was like a duck to water when I actually started doing it. I was like, this is exactly what I'm going to do. The friend I was with, Never went back again. It was his birthday during that trip. We gave him birthday chops, like the move where you, if anyone listening doesn't know what a chop is, where you take an open hand and hit the person in the chest, but as hard as you can. We hit him about 50 times and he never came back. The training wasn't for him anymore. <laughs> but after that, my mom was okay with me making the journey myself. She knew how obsessed I was, dedicated. As long as I stuck in the school the entire time, I would travel down to Portsmouth as often as I could around school and as often as I could afford. 
uh, which was basically every couple of months because I'd ask my mom for the money and she would always give in with my sad puppy dog eyes that I want to be a wrestler mom. <laughs> what, what got you into wrestling in the first place? I honestly don't know. Um, I can still remember my first memories of hiding behind uh, the couch at my older cousin's house. Myself and my younger brother um, would hide behind it and watch like from a distance, almost like it was forbidden to watch. So my older cousins are probably seven and ten years older, myself and my brother. And uh, we'd be watching from afar and I'd just be captivated by the larger-than-life characters and all the colours and um, just the visual throw ride that is WWE and that's what they were always watching. It was always the American wrestling. I hadn't seen British wrestling yet at that point. And I was just like, one day that's what I'm going to do. And I knew instantly. And I, like I say, I literally told my family, my dad talks about a family meeting that I called with my mom, my dad, my brother told them, I'm going to be a professional wrestler. I'm going to be in WWE one day. And I always tell people, you know, kids say the damnedest things like, you know, I'm going to be a wrestler one day. I'm going to be an astronaut one day. I'm going to professionally ride a Tyrannosaurus Rex one day. And eventually they change their plans <laughs> and get more realistic. I'm going to work in my dad's office or whatever. And 95% of my mates like to be footballers or whatever. But I never deviated from that plan. I knew from a young age. And it's the passion that kept me going. And no matter what difficult situation I was in or uh, a long train ride or physical or mental pain over the years, I was always reminding myself that this was always the dream. This is what you always wanted to do. And you're very lucky to be doing it at any level, never mind the top level uh, as I am right now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
your journey uh, really culminated at the beginning of of the pandemic in 2020 because WWE and a lot of wrestling companies in general carried on regardless uh, in closed sets in front of no fans and to, to finally reach the pinnacle as you did and become like the the WWE champion the belt that you'd have seen carried by people you you watched as a kid but in front of nobody was what was that like? Can you can you put that into words? Like winning the championship in front of both both everybody in the world and nobody at all. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't exactly how I dreamed about it when I was a kid. I'd imagine, no. <laughs> like what it was what it was supposed to be, which was um, in Tampa, Florida, my American hometown, ninety thousand. That's nine zero thousand people there. Family and friends from Scotland, wife in the crowd. Like that was what it was supposed to be. And what I was so excited and couldn't believe that I'd won the Royal Rumble, was going to fight Brock Lesnar, uh, one of the baddest men on the planet for the WWE Championship at the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania. Like things were going exactly to plan until they weren't. And I've told this story a bunch of times. You know, initially when the pandemic hit, I was so angry, disappointed, frustrated, woe is me attitude. Nothing ever goes to plan in my life. I can't believe this. And uh, my goodness, WrestleMania that might not be happening now. What is going on? And then to find out, okay, we're, we're still doing it. We're not going to have people there. We're going to bring it from a closed set. But every other sport shutting down, every other entertainment company shutting down. We're pushing ahead. We're giving the world an escape with WrestleMania, not just one day, over two days, an entire weekend escape. You know, during this period of history with none of us have lived through uh, and it was almost inconceivable when I sat down and started watching the news and realized the gravity of the situation I was like man you're pretty selfish <laughs> thinking about yourself and you know your career and your moment and people are suffering right now and you've really got a chance to make them happy uh, I had such a feel-good story about all the times my ups and downs the firing we talked about returning to the company finally fighting for the title you know if I'm able to beat the beast Brock Lesnar the big evil bad guy, I could really make some people happy. And it changed my perspective right away when I started thinking of it that way. And um, the match itself was pretty quick. I beat Brock Lesnar in five minutes, which is a pretty cool thing to say as well. And when I had the title in my hands, even though it was one, two, three, that's the noise I heard. <laughs> it was complete silence instead of 9,000 people. It still meant the world to me. I had the title in my hands. I could see Brock's body just lying there, just being pinned by me and I had a montage in my head and um, just of all the people that helped me get to that moment and what was going on in the world right now. And I remember there's an image that we replay all the time where I crawled to the, the floor camera and we never look into the cameras. We never break the fourth wall. You don't see that in movies. It'd be weird if the actors were talking to the camera to you the whole time, except in Deadpool when it's appropriate and it's part of the bit. But I looked right down the camera and just thanked everybody for, you know, choosing WWE during these difficult times and for helping me get to the top of the industry and becoming the first UK WWE champion because I wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the fans. And hearing the numbers after the fact, we had 14 million unique social media interactions over two days, which was up 60% from the year prior. So there might not have been a lot of people there or nobody there except the camera guys and us, but there was a whole lot of people watching around the world that were hopefully pretty happy watching that event and Drew McIntyre winning the title. I remember you doing that. You looking straight down the camera, as you say, breaking the fourth wall. Was that a bit that was planned or was that just, was that you feeling the moment, Drew? Uh, that was me feeling the moment, 100%. We actually pre-recorded WrestleMania the week prior 
So I was watching it with the rest of the world and I honestly thought it was going to get edited. So I imagined, I remembered what I did kind of. I was okay, I had the title. I was kind of lost in my little moment for a second and they'll probably cut to me going up the top rope and doing my pose with the title. But they kept it in there. It was such a real moment that they even said, there's no way we're going to lose that because it was 100% feeling the moment, 100% real. And hopefully, you know, we touch people around the world because I couldn't be any more sincere when I thank them. And it's so cool that I get to see that get replayed um, all the time and people send me um, the gif all the time and the cool thing as well is on the screen as the referee handed me the title and i raised it over brock um at home i was sitting with my wife who's such a big part of my journey and our two cats so on the screen i was getting past the belt uh, the title um, on the show but at home she pulled out the title and then handed it to me and presented it to me on the couch back home so it was pretty cool um, we're back in front of fans now. Uh, the, the the arenas are opening up. We're still not quite out of the woods with it, but we're certainly getting back there. And we, we've seen some new we've seen some new wrinkles to what you do. We, we we've been introduced to to Angela, uh, the, the 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 Claymore Sword. What's the story behind how how we added Angela to the picture? Um, I mean, the kind of kilt and sword, etc., um, came from you know management suggestion. I suggested years ago, hey, I should wear the kilt to the ring for the matches, like kind of war gear, battle gear, and it might be cool from a marketing perspective. And they weren't feeling it at the time. They said, Drew, you open your mouth, you know you're from a different country, you don't need to <laughs> go overboard. I was like, okay, I just kind of like the visual of it all. Uh, and then eventually they decided, hey, we'll get this idea. And then said, you know, you could wear the kilt and bring a sword. I was like, Okay, I'm not going to say I suggested this years ago, but that's a great idea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we started working on the, what I was going to wear, the colors, etc. Uh, blue is my favorite colors. That's what we went with initially. And then they brought the sword, which was a gigantic Scottish broadsword. The Claymore is legitimately five foot long. <laughs> we're trying to figure out how we're going to do this entrance, etc. So um, I remember working on it on the day and not being able to figure out like how I'm going to carry this sword to the ring. Or initially, we wanted to carry it on my back, and like, this is just not comfortable. And I took it to Vincent Mann, and I told him my concerns. And I remember it's just us in his office. He took the sword off me, swung it around for a few seconds, spun it around, stabbed it into the ground, and went, come with me, and went to the stage. And within two minutes, after my feedback, uh, he created like the entrance I used right up until about a month ago. And it was just amazing to watch kind of Vince in action when you bring him you know, a couple of concerns and he just creates this insane entrance just off the top of his head. And so, yeah, it's very exciting to be running around in a kilt, carrying the big sword and getting back home soon. So, so you handed Vince the Claymore and Vince... And, and Vince is, is, is up there in years, but you wouldn't know it to see his spirit. Like, he swung it around his head and stuck it into the ground. Yeah, exactly how I do the entrance. Okay. Um, I carry it to the ring now, but the guys of a month ago, I would come out, hold it up, spin it around and stab it into the ground. He swung it around his office, just him and I, held it above his head the way I would hold it, spun it around and stabbed it into his office floor, <laughs> exactly as I did my entrance. It took... After my feedback, it took him probably 30 seconds to come up with that entire entrance just based on my feedback. What a guy. Uh, how, how have your other interactions been with, with Vince McMahon? Because you hear so many different stories about, about the guy and how many a myth and how many a legend is, is something else. But how, how have you interacted with Vince McMahon over the years? Uh, I mean, differently during my first run and second run. And my first run, I was terrified of him, and intimidated by him. Um, I never knew what to say. When I was in front of him, I'd try and make awkward small talk and jokes, which generally weren't funny. And I think my accent was so thick, he didn't understand me half the time. <laughs> but uh, when I came back the second time, after being outside the company, growing up a bit, becoming more you know, business-minded, 
And I realized like, Hey, wait, this, this is the boss. <laughs> you got to build a relationship with the boss. And, um, yeah, that, that's what it's become is more like a, like two grown men talking rather than a little scared boy <laughs> talking uh, to an adult, which was the first one was that we talk on the same level. Now I always love to get his opinion on things. Um, some of like, we just talked about the entrance. how quickly he came up with that. That happens constantly when I'm asking advice or he tells me something, or why don't you try this? And I'm like, because nobody thinks that way. Only you think that way. That's a lot outside the box, but it's such a great idea. So I'm always picking his brain. And the way I look at it is if you're not picking his brain, if you're not building a relationship with the man who literally runs the entire company, then you're not going to get very far. And I can see that because I had the first run where I didn't. And I didn't get very far. And I didn't learn all these lessons that I should have been learning that I'm currently learning. You, you've been telling a lot of stories over the past few months uh, about the history uh, of Scotland, educating Americans all about it. How much of this uh, is is coming from yourself? How much of this is prepared for you? I feel like I feel like Drew, you're a bit of a history buff, and I feel like a lot of this is I you, am. sir. I am, but um, no, we, we stopped that the second live fans came back. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that I am a history buff. I love history, especially since moving to America. Like, I mean, I, I got A's in history. I was always good at it. Uh, but I really got into it when I moved away. And then people started telling me, like my wife especially, the other day she said, this building's really old. It was made in 1950. And I was like, what? I said, where I'm from, it's like castles at the end of the street from like the 12th and 13th century. Uh, so yeah, like I started getting really into the UK history, Scottish history in general over the past 10 years. But when it came to telling the stories on TV, that was more of me being challenged to think outside the box, try something different, especially when I'm talking about Loch Ness Monsters, teeth, and whatever else. That's what my sword was created from, fighting the Loch Ness Monster, <laughs> doing impressions of Loch Ness Monster. I was just trying some different stuff. As within you know, the Thunderdome era, the Performance Center era, you could try different things. The live crowd weren't going to jump over the top of you and like, uh, boo the crap out of you or give you the watch chat as you're talking so you could try new things. But as soon as we got fans back, like I can kind of feel what is the right thing to do for Drew because I am Drew and I knew they weren't going to be digging that so much. But it is cool. I am to have the sword, and um, I never answered your question. Really, because honestly, I forgot what the question was. Um, <laughs> uh, re- regarding sword, regarding right? Angela, Angela uh, yeah. the name of the sword, uh, it's named after my late mother, which is uh, really cool. And um, I remember I had a conversation with Vince um, again. I was going back to you know Vince, and we're talking about possibly giving the sword a name and kind of giving it more meaning. And uh, I was thinking of things like the Widowmaker, <laughs> Blood, <laughs> Bloody Bonnie or something. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> Bonnie. Yeah, so like he was thinking, it's like, you know, like a lot of people give like a female name or whatever, and he asked, what's your mother's name? And I said, Angela. And then we kind of talked about my mom and her story and how much she had to overcome in her life, and she's no longer with us. And he said, that's the name right there. And I thought it was like a cool tribute to my mom and also really cool for my family to hear her name every week on TV. It's like, if he annoyed Drew enough, he's going to uh, have to <laughs> attack you with Angela. Or Angela's coming for you, which is pretty cool. I think I think it's very fitting that, that, that should people get on your nerves too much, should Jinder Mahal give you too much grief, you literally set your mom on them. That seems yes, appropriate. that's exactly it. And like, I don't know what the deal is with customs and getting Angela through customs to get back to the UK. We're going to find out Newcastle Airport soon enough. <laughs> yeah, it's where, so apparently I have like a Newcastle street fight. So it's going to be in a match where there's no rules. So yeah, realistically, Angela could be coming for him during that street fight. There's a lovely Greg's as you get off the, off the plane in Newcastle. I'm pretty sure they'll let you take that in and you can pick up. 
Sounds magic. Like I can't go too daft before the match, though. If I end up eating like six steak bakes, it's going to mess me up, and gender might get up her hands. There is that. There is that. Uh, coming to see you in Newcastle, there might be people listening today, watching today, who have never experienced WWE live for the very first time. What can people expect uh, from a night with WWE, Drew? You can't miss this show. I suggest getting tickets pretty quick because uh, I know like how well they're selling. I'm so excited for going back to the UK. This is a show you're never going to forget. Aside the fact it's great value for money. And we're PG products. We're for the whole family. From the youngest kid to the oldest adult, there's something for literally anybody in WWE. We're not just for men. 40% of our audience is female. And just the live experience itself, like there's no TV cameras there, so we're not all playing to the camera. It's such an interactive show, a big back and forth with the fans. Be as loud as you can, be as crazy as you can. If the bad guys are out there, give them crap. They're going to get back on you. Uh, get behind you know, the good guys. Say how you feel, bring your signs, and we're going to have a heck of a night. You're going to be talking about this show for a long, long time. And the atmosphere itself is going to give you a pretty cool feeling of, oh, my goodness, we're getting back to normal now. Like it's cool to be around so many people having such a good. And uh, I said, I asked this to Finn Balor when we had a chat the other day. Uh, are we going to have a Newcastle Brown Ale at the end of the night to to, to tap yes. to cop off Newcastle WWE? Yeah? Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> Not had one forever either. Like, See, can so, you, can so you get them in Florida? There must be some random <sighs> place that does them. Probably, yeah. Yeah, craft. Like, I think it's the craft beer or whatever over here. Like, just so I'll be in some random shop, but it'll taste funny. Like, no beer travels well. Like, Guinness tastes like crap over here as well. <laughs> just nothing travels well. Even tenants taste bad over here. <laughs> so it's better just to get it back where it belongs, like Newcastle and Newcastle. I think you're going to have any. I think you're worried about coming over. I think you're going to have an issue getting back because I feel like your suitcase is going to contain uh, multiple multiple cans of tenants and a sword. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I think you might have an issue, Drew. Yeah, my mother bag is going to be full of iron brew as well. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.